Hi, welcome everybody. We're happy to have uh, Lieutenant Commander Ryan Hahn, a MOXIE grad who is going to present to us. Uh, he is from the Office of Emerging Policy, DCOX, and he's agreed to kind of share with us some of his perspective and share some visuals with you about strategic thinking. Also, uh, John Tice, you want to give a quick intro? Hello, everyone. I'm John Tice. Like Charlie said, I'm a member of the SLTC team, so excited to be here and listen to some more from our guest. Take it away, Ryan. Okay, thanks. Uh, so I'm going to go and share screen here. Um, give me just uh, one minute. Okay, so so firstly, uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to share. Um, it, it is an honor, and uh, you know, I, I I do I definitely believe in in the work you guys are doing and the work that uh, all of you students are putting in. Um, it's, it's valuable and it, it will pay off. It's, it's certainly paid off for me and helping me to understand the organization better. Um, so, so my name is Ryan Hahn. Uh, I'm, I'm in DCOX. Um, I'm, uh, operationally, I'm a, I'm a helicopter pilot. Um, but after about 13 years of flying, I went to, uh, the MPA program to Harvard for one year and then got put in the, uh, the emerging policy shop. Um, it's a really interesting shop because it's one of the few places in the service that is really tasked with thinking strategically over the horizon. Um, we sort of think of ourselves as a mini think tank, and we actually get up to interact a lot with the think tanks in DC. Um, to they help us, they help us do everything from um, sort of understand our job better uh, to help us sort of dive deep on specific policy topics. And so while we're not experts in any one policy topic, um, we're sort of the, the cattle, the, the cat herders in the building for um, strategy topics and, and bringing them, bringing the experts together and sort of pushing, pushing the altitude of, of thinking up to the strategic level. Um, so we get to interact a lot with uh, the CAG. Um, we work right for DCO. Uh, were his think tank, and then um, a lot of the a lot of the interaction with the front office staff um, there for the commandant. So again, thanks for having me. That's a little bit about myself in the office. Um, so one of the the portfolios in the office is Project Evergreen, uh, and it is also unique. It is the the services um, program that it's the only program in the service that is specifically tasked to. To, to help the program think more strategically. So it's our sort of our, our, uh, our motto is um, infuse the service with strategic intent. So I'm just gonna share a little bit about what we do. And uh, some, of, some of you in the class um, have probably been involved or will probably ask you to be involved. Um, so this, this shouldn't be the, this probably won't be the first time you hear about it, hopefully not the last time. So, so Product Evergreen is, uh, the Coast Guard strategic thinking um, program. Uh, it's been around for a little over 20 years now, and it started in the early 90s with uh, the Commandant's strategic leadership, strategic leadership shop, um, strategic leadership council, I think is what they were calling it. Uh, and they were looking at ways to, to get the service to, to get at issues that they knew were coming up that it hadn't really figured out how to, as an institution, grapple with. And so the commandant, I can't remember that who it was at the time, um, through his senior leadership council, uh, initiated something called Project Longview that officially started in 1996. And we have continued uh, its, 
its initial um, goal, which is to run on a four-year cycle and deliver strategic, uh, str strategic recommendations to the incoming commandant um, for the beginning of his or her tenure. So we, uh, we work with lots of folks in the field and not just at headquarters. Uh, we work with a range of, of folks from uh, you know, e E7, E8, um, E6, actually we've had a few E6s. Um, and then we've had O1 all the way up through O6. Um, and so uh, we use these teams to, they're, they're volunteer teams to, to help us get at um, some big picture problems um, in the course of those four years, delivering uh, strategic recommendations for, for sticky problems or wicked problems that flag leaders have in the service. And then we actually wrap all of that work that we do into a final report and look for the common themes in between them. So that in a nutshell is what Project Evergreen is. And we're in the fifth iteration right now, uh, about to start the last of the four-year cycle for Project Evergreen 5. So, um, you know, where does Evergreen fit? So everything that we do, everything that anybody does, ha everybody has a boss. And just like everybody has a boss, every program has a boss. And you know anything that gets written, uh, any policy that gets developed, it has something above it. So uh, Evergreen and all of the, the strategy documents that the service produces, which have acquisitions um, and also long-term sort of planning implications, um, all of them nestle under the national defense strategy as well as DHS uh, department goals. Um, and, and all of that nestles underneath the national security strategy. And so as you can see here, um, Evergreen, so this is, this is a page from the Commandant Strategic Plan and Evergreen actually fits, um, is actually called out in it uh, as sort of an in parallel to the strategic plans and outlooks that the service produces. And it's, it's meant to inform those things with, uh, with, future, um, with, with future drivers and implications, so. We're using, using Evergreen to, to pull up the altitude and push out the horizon for um, a lot of these strategy initiatives that the service does. Underneath those, then you have implementations and operational support plans. And those are ones that, uh, that folks at areas and districts can get familiar with and, and execute. So, you know, what we do uh, is, is less uh, trying to forecast the future and more trying to uh, Provide provide insights into what the future might might look like, what it might plausibly bring. So, less you know predicting the you know the GDP growth of Ukraine, and more looking at the the implications of say gray zone or or little green men you know running around Ukraine. What what are the the potential future plausible implications of that? So we're not forecasters, but we do use forecasts um, in what we do. So you know why bother to think this way? Well. You know, first of all, um, everything that we do has future implications as a service. And if we're not, you know, whether we're taking them into account while we're writing them or not. So, uh, you know, the odds are, are really good that we have, uh, you know, for instance, a future commandant um, at the Coast Guard Academy right now. And that uh, in, in 20 to, well, 25 more years. Um, so basically in another generation, they're going to be inheriting the decisions uh, and the implications of what we're deciding to do now. So it's good to also target um, folks junior early in terms of thinking strategically about the future. And you know, it's stuff we buy, big expensive assets. Um, they take a long time to, to produce. It's, it's 
between eight to 10 years of from starting an act, a major acquisition to when you finally get delivery of the first item. And so you really do have to think ahead. And there's very, really aren't some, aren't that many robust ways to do that institutionally in the Coast Guard. And so building those in is really important. Uh, and then of course, you know, technology is rapidly changing um, and thinking about the implications of that in the future, in the near future, is really important for the Coast Guard. Um, it, it, you know, a common example is, you know, with, with when the internet came out, who would have, you know, predicted that there would be social media and potentially political implications from that um, in, in elections. Um, actually, some people were predicting that. And that's sort of the point is, is uh, you know, there, there are potentially some weak signals we can, we can, we can pull out if we start thinking about the future in a, in a very, um, in a way that's methodical and intentional. And then uh, there's environmental, uh, environmental and, and, and social changes that are occurring and they're happening, happening more and more quickly and they're affecting anything from operations to accessions. And so thinking about uh, the future is, is important as we're you know, writing our strategies because they will be executed in the future. Um, and they have implications in the future. And then finally, uh, things have shifted dramatically in the past five to 10 years. Um, one, one major thing is, is, you know, the war on drugs is obviously still a thing, but the war for resources and protein is picking up. And a lot of people realize this is going on, but, you know, as, as a service trying to figure out how do we shift from this major, you know, investment that we have in drugs to potentially what are going to be the next, you know, replacements for those, not replacements, but what's going to, you know, what's going to eat up a lot of our, our thinking in the future. Um, and we think this is one of them. So, so Project Evergreen 5 is, uh, you know, we, we produce these reports. Um, we've produced, uh, at the end of the, the four years, we'll have had about eight of them. Um, and we wrap these, these reports that are anything from workforce oriented to maritime tra marine transportation system oriented to um, looking at future demands on the Coast Guard and uh, innovation, how do we innovate more quickly? These are individual topics or pine cones. And we, uh, we look at the unifying themes um, or maybe the, the common wicked problems in each of them and use those to lay out a, a strategic, a set of strategic priorities, recommendations for the next commandant. Um, so we're in year three or four right now. And one major change that, that we've made is uh, typically in, in every cycle previous, they've used all four years and at the end of four years, deliver a report to the commandant. Instead of doing that, we're actually re stopping at year three, <clears throat> compress the timeline so that we can deliver this to the incoming commandant's transition team and to the incoming commandant himself or herself. That gives us a final year to test some of the ideas from the games, <clears throat> test some of the ideas. And we're gonna be using a series of, of, uh, of games, um, sort of like war games, but not targeted at war, uh, targeted at a space called uh, competition, strategic competition, um, to test a lot of the ideas that the Evergreen core team has been producing over the past three years. And that is, you know, that's where we're at with Evergreen right now. Um, you know, it's, it's a major change from the, for the service thinking about uh, 
you know, shifting from, um, well, you know, I'd say actually the service itself, it's, it's just challenging to get uh, as a service to think, think strategically. And so <clears throat> it's, it's definitely taking a big bite, uh, trying to not only get the service to, to absorb some of the, uh, the recommendations from, uh, from DCOX and Project Evergreen, but then testing them um, is, you know, it's something that DOD does. It's something that the Coast Guard hasn't really done too much of, um, but we see it as being something potentially very valuable and uh, potentially a way to really um, be more Im impactful because that's something that I think every strategy shop deals with. We get to talk a lot with our counterparts in DOD as well as other agencies. And uh, a common theme is, is that it can be very easy to do strategy in a, in a bubble or in a vacuum. And so um, we're really trying to focus less on the academic aspects of like how to, how to do strategy, which is, which is important, and more on the practical, uh, the practical impact, you know, making it sort of selling it to senior leaders, um, make, finding ways to make them wrestle with the ideas, uh, as telling them, you know, why this important. How, how are we going to get after some of these things or, or what do we need to get after rather than going into the uh, sort of the, the academic um, details of, of what happened during our, our strategic thinking sessions. And so um, I think that's a, what a lot of us in the strategy world get wrapped up in is, is we really enjoy this stuff and we really have to think of our customer and what they need. They don't need for us to tell them all the, the cool ways that, that we're doing business. They need to know they, they need the meat. They need to know what it is that's relevant so that they can push the, the service forward. And that's what we're really, we're really shifting to doing. So, so that's about all I have. These are just a couple of slides on, on the game that we're building for next year. And again, we're targeting the Commandant's transition team, including the incoming Commandant um, in, a, in a one or two day uh, game, doing another game with uh, district, uh, either district 11 or district 13 more of an operationally focused game. And then uh, a final game, um, uh, a, final, a final game with, um, oh, I'm sorry, the, the Evergreen core teams. So the Evergreen core team will actually be the first. They'll be uh, testing the game. The final one will be with a Commandant's transition team. So that's about all I, all I had for that, Charlie. Um, I know you had some questions and I just wanna turn it over there and I'll go ahead and stop uh, the screen sharing. So I can give it, give the screen back to you. All right. Thanks a bunch, uh, Ryan. And I think John's got the initial question for you. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. And thanks, Ryan. My question has to do with kind of just your own personal thought on what strategic thinking is. I really appreciated the, the overall organizational perspective of what we're doing in the Coast Guard for strategic thinking, but kind of your own personal journey. You know, what do you think strategic thinking is? And then your own development. How did you become a better strategic thinker? Um, that's a humbling question because um, I don't uh, I, I don't think of myself as necessarily excellent at this. Um, I so uh, I'll answer the first question first. So, what do I think strategic thinking is? Um, I think it's ultimately asking why. You know, sort of a Simon Sinek um, asking asking why ultimately uh, as as a service culturally and sort of in a self-selecting way, we're, we're made up of a bunch of doers. And that's a, really, that's a really positive thing because we get things done, but I think we don't give ourselves or those around us a lot of time or space to ask why. 
And for us to remain, you know, relevant, the Coast Guard's been relevant, increasingly relevant for the past 20 or 30 years. Um, and there's been some, some specific reasons for that. It's not just luck. I mean, if you look back at, uh, at, at, at documents that the commandants were putting out in the late 80s and early 90s, there was some intentional thinking about where the service was headed, given the massive number of authorities that we have and where we are uniquely positioned in the government. We have more authorities than any other agency that I'm aware of by far. And the implications for that, I think, you know, they were looking at that quite a ways back. And, uh, and we're seeing the, the results of them thinking ab about that. And uh, so ultimately, I, it's, it's why, you know, it's why, why do we have these authorities and why are they, why are they important? Um, and that's where, you know, any, any shop that's tasked to think strategically should be pushing others to, to ask why. It doesn't have to be complicated. There doesn't have to be, you know, a, a huge like JPME course that walks you through a bunch of acronym soup to understand how to do this. Um, ultimately, it's about thinking more deeply. You know, reading certainly helps, but thinking about the why. Thanks. I um I wanted to ask you because I really like the point you made about um your office tries to elevate the altitude of where we're thinking, but also pushing out the the horizons and. And obviously, a lot of your work is is uh, with senior uh, folks in the Coast Guard. But as uh, O4s, what advice would you have for our, our GS-13s and our lieutenant commanders in the Coast Guard about how they can elevate their thinking, you know, up the altitude, but also push out the horizon? And you know, kind of your experience as you've kind of grown in this position from a tactical pilot to now you're kind of thinking of these bigger picture things. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I was very skeptical when I first got to DCOX. Uh, I, I, a lot of this type of thinking that we do just seemed to me to be a little bit fruity. Um, and I, I'd say first piece of advice would be to, to be flexible and get uncomfortable. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of what you deal with when you get outside of the, the what and the how that we normally live in gets very squishy. And not in a not in a way that doesn't mean there's not good and bad, you know, clear direction that you should or shouldn't go. It's just, you don't have all the metrics that we're, we're used to. Um, two skills that have really helped me are developing facilitation skills. So being able to, to get different people together who might or might not agree or like each other um, or might have office, you know, sort of a hierarchical difficulties because of where their offices are placed. They're sort of have conflicting goals. Um, facilitation skills are really important for getting folks together and not necessarily reaching consensus, but reaching enough of a consensus that you can move ahead. And then the second skill is, so for us and for me personally, strategic foresight has been my sort of practical entrance, entry in this world of, of thinking bigger. And it's because it, it pulls you from the start to think about the future and to test your assumptions. So I think those, you know, looking into those two things and what they mean, they mean some real specific things and, and you can actually do a lot of your own research and learning. Um, I, you know, I, I, would, I would recommend looking at, uh, you know, Luma. Luma Institute is a, has some great stuff. Um, the, the Coast Guard, uh, the Performance Improvement Guide actually put together a lot of, a lot of the resources that we use um, 
but there's some courses that you can take that I, I would say, get your office to, to fund them. They're not that expensive. They're maybe $1,500. Go to it. It's very, they'll be, make it very digestible. Strategic foresight and, uh, and facilitation. Um, because one gives you the tools to look ahead a little bit and, and stretches your ability to do that. And the other gives you the tools to bring others along with you. I like it. Thank you. Uh, Ryan, my question has to do with kind of more organizationally uh, again. How have, how have you seen or your office uh, seen Coast Guard strategy maybe interact with other organizations or big government uh, strategies or, um, you know, basically efforts, if you will? Um, I mean, I can speak to, I'll just speak to what I've seen and worked with in the past year and a half. Um, there've been, uh, two, two main, I guess, interagency strategies that we've really had the privilege to work on. The first was the tri-service maritime strategy. It's, it's called advantage at sea. Uh, it was signed by the three service chiefs from the Navy, the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard. And it, it's a pretty revolutionary document as far as uh, DOD and national security goes. This sound now this sounds really boring to most people, but it's a really easy read. It's like it's like 15 pages long, and it explains why you need why you need a combined naval force to to, to be successful against adversaries, malign actors, and just just to keep the the rules based order that we that that we enjoy the fruits of together. And it makes a huge case for why the Coast Guard is, is relevant in a way that we don't really just support DOD. They need to be supporting what we do um, a whole lot more. And all the service chiefs signed this thing. And it's going to have some, you know, you, you won't hear 821 folks talking about this yet necessarily. But I, I think in the future, you will. Like, there's going to be some resource implications for this um, in, in the future. The second one is, uh, is didn't get as much press. Um, but I think it was a win because it got DHS thinking about the future and it's the, the DHS, uh, it's the art, the DHS Arctic strategy. So, um, that, whereas the, that first, that advantage at sea was challenging because you had three large, um, organs of government trying to, trying to build something together, at least, you know, we get along pretty well and we have a very similar culture. DHS is made up of a lot of entities that, while they're in the same department, do just very different things. Uh, and, and we're even alien from all of the other entities in DHS. Um, so uh, the, the DHS strategy pulled together nearly every component in DHS, um, along with an assistant secretary to be the, the sort of champion for it. Um, and we, within about six months, we got the, the, the acting uh, acting secretary to, to sign this thing. And it's very apolitical. It was, you know, we, we got to steer it in a large part. I mean, me and a couple other folks steered it. Um, and it, it, you know, one of our major goals was it to not be a Coast Guard document because that's been the accusation in the past of, you know, DHS likes to pull in Coasties because we're very apolitical. Um, we have a lot of functional practical skills for team building and we typically can deliver. And, uh, and, and, and we did, but I think the huge win was, was getting the other components involved and in, in putting things in there that were, that were putting their equities down um, and thinking about the future. That's a really hard thing to do with DHS. It's just a very challenging department. Um, and we got to run both those things from the 
Coast Guard side from the Office of Emerging Policy. Wow. Well, thanks. Great, great examples. Uh, so I'm going to kind of bring us down a level. Let's say um, your tour is complete at headquarters and you get stationed at a sector or an air station, Ryan, and now um, the, the 06 in charge or maybe the district commander asks you to kind of run some strategic thinking exercise or collaboration effort. So if you're at, at a command, you know, a high, you know, kind of a senior command, but definitely lower level than what you're doing right now in terms of looking at whole, uh, of, uh, whole agency kind of things, um, what tools, what protocols might you do to kind of use those skills you mentioned, the collaboration skill, you know, the strategic foresight skill, how would you bring people into those strategic conversations? That's a good question. Um, I, I've actually thought about this. I mean, I'm hoping to go back to an air station at a pre-command job as an officer in XO after this. And I think this there's kind of a universal understanding that a department head meeting <laughs> consists of a bunch of us sitting around a table in order telling the XO um, what they're up to. They're super boring. They always go way longer than they should. And the only way to really succeed in those meetings is to not fail. <laughs> That's about all you can do. Um, and I found that to be universal. I mean, I've deployed on like 18 ships and, you know, as an avdat and like, it's, it's the same there. I don't know a whole lot about sector world, but I bet it's the same there too. Um, so I think the first skill that I would, that I'm going to bring, that I would like to bring in is just to make those meetings not so awful. Um, and, and nobody intends them to be awful. They're just, they're always painful. And so I think that's where some of those facilitation skills can come in, you know, using, you know, what, what a lot of folks are, are using here in Moxie using sticky notes. There's some really creative ways that you can get people working on things in a fun way and get the information that you need back from them. So that's one thing I'm hoping to do is to, is to change up those department head meetings a little bit, make them shorter, make them a little bit fun, and then spend some time during each of them lifting, uh, sort of lifting the heads of everybody up. Um, from the grind of what they're actually doing and, and help, you know, for us all to have maybe 15 minutes at the end of them to have conversations about why we're, we're doing them. Um, one example I have is, uh, so, I mean, I was at Hitron and then I was in Kodiak in both places deploying on ships. So for about six years, I got to go to ships. It was, it was awesome. Uh, it's an avdet and being department head meetings with all kinds of different commands. Um, and everybody, you know, one of the common struggles was understanding why, why are we cutting a box in the ocean right now? Why are we doing, why are we, why are we boarding these fishing vessels when AIS knows where they are? Um, and the answers to a lot of those questions are, are strategic. It's not just waving a flag. Like there is, there is a, a, a very real, um, amount of influence that you get from, be, from being present somewhere. It's not just waving a flag and having conversations about why that it, you know, why that's important is something that I'm really excited to go back and, and share with the crews. That's awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Anything else, John? Uh, no, I don't have anything off the top of my head, Charlie. I think I'm out. All right, Ryan. Um, anything you expected us to ask or anything else you want to share before we close this out? Um, you know, I, I guess it's one thing I have to share is I think a lot of students or a lot of folks in Moxie or whatever the new acronym is for it now. SLTT. Um, <laughs> SLTT. Okay. <laughs> SLTT. Um, are preparing to go to staff. I'm, I'm guessing, right? I mean, that's a lot of folks are, are 
going to be there soon if they're not there yet. And we just go to staff really late in the Coast Guard because we're, we're so operational. And so I would just offer up, you know, call around and ask different folks what they're doing and, and why they're doing it. You'll get, it's really interesting. Some of the offices that are very, you know, prestigious, um, talking to people about why they're doing it can be really valuable for understanding if it's something that you really will want to do. Oh, so great ask around. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, we really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we know that's important work that you folks are doing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this evolves in terms of what we present to our students. But it's great to uh, have at least uh, a quick recording and, and kind of some capture some of that great information of what you guys are working on. So thanks so much. It's an honor to share. Thank you so much for the opportunity.